following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! That's a great front four for Washington, but the line does its job and open and making the catch inside the 30-yard line. D.J. Moore to the end zone, reaching up. Does he make the catch again? D.J. Moore, touchdown. He is having a career in one night. Pass is pulled in by Moore, gets free. Washington gambles and lose the gamble that time. 56 yards, touchdown. Fuller trying to jump it. Moore able to make the catch and then free to the end zone. Jesus Christ, you disappoint me as much as my kids, for Christ's sake. I'd say that pretty much sums it up. Welcome to the show, everybody. We're back, had a little computer issue, got it fixed, so we are ready to hit you with both barrels today, and that's what we are going to do in the second half of the show when we lock in on the Commanders. Chris Russell from the Team 980 is going to join us. You know the rooster will not be holding back when talking about that putrid effort in prime time last Thursday against the, well, at that point when the Chicago Bears, not anymore. We got some problems in Ashburn, kids. Now, a win against Atlanta may either fix or put some of those problems off, but... Ooh, we got some stuff to go over with the Rooster. That's coming up in just a few. First, though, welcome to opening week, hockey fans. That's right. The Caps open up Friday night against the Pittsburgh Penguins at Capital One Arena. And we got some roster news to talk about because it's looking just a wee bit different this year as Spencer Carberry, Caps' new head coach, puts his stamp on the opening day lineup. that Carberry wants a faster skating team than we saw with Peter Laviolette, who liked big guys that could pound it in the corners. I say that because one of the long shots that made it out of camp was Matthew Phillips. Uh, he is 5'8 and 160 pounds, and that's probably 160 sopping wet. But he played his way onto this roster. Uh, they picked him up in the offseason uh, from the Calgary Flames. And Phillips is... He just, all he did was play great during uh, during training camp, and he has earned himself a place on the third line. Uh, I, I think you saw the fact that Ivan, uh, Ivan Miroshenko stayed up in Washington a lot longer than you would think for a guy that is, what, 18, 19 years old? Uh, you would expect him to come in, get a feel for the organization, and then go right to Hershey, but he was actually one of the final cuts, which makes you think maybe we're going to see him at some point in time this year. Uh, and then uh, on the defensive side, Lucas Johansson looks like he has made the roster too. Now, 
as we put this show together uh, here on Tuesday, there could and there will be some more moves made, salary cap-wise and otherwise, to get the roster down to exactly what you're going to see on Friday night. But Joe Hansen and uh, Phillips are two guys that Spencer Carberry has indicated is going to be there, are going to be there on Friday night against the Penguins. Exciting to see that. Now, don't mistake this for some sort of a complete 100% youth movement because there are still plenty of veterans on this team and this core is still a year older than it was last year. Obviously, because, you know, that's the way time works. And there are still plenty of veterans. I'm not just talking Ovi and John Carlson and Tom Wilson and Nicholas Backstrom, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, You know, Nick Jensen is still going to be counted on to do a lot on the defensive end, uh, as is Trevor Van Riemsdyk. You've got Joel Edmondson, who is on injured reserve right now. Uh, We're going to see him, one would think, at some point in time this year, and that's going to mean some movement on the defensive end. And if Max uh, Pacioretty comes back, you're going to see some movement on the offensive end as well. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out a couple of months from now. But let's take you into the locker room and hear from the new guy behind the bench, Spencer Carberry. Two things I wanted to, we wanted to ask him about. Number one uh, was the new kids that made their way onto the roster. But we're going to start with Carberry's expectations for Alex Ovechkin. And as you can expect, new coach, hey, he says, it ain't broke. We are not going to fix it. So number one is his leadership. And he has... Um carries a lot of that in our room so players veteran and younger look to him to lead by example from a standpoint of practice from a standpoint of um, how hard he competes so that number one two is for his his play on the ice um, for me I just expect him to play to his standard and that's be an effective player in all three zones for us, be able to get to good spots in the offensive zone, be a catalyst on our power play, make good decisions with the puck. Um, all those things that I expect of everyone. Now I expect him and put him in spots to where um, set him up for success offensively. And that's what I uh, imagine he'll continue to do. So I'm still getting used to the Spencer Carberry style of uh, post-game press conferences, but I think we can say box number one, re-Alex Ovechkin, checked. Uh, And I don't think there are going to be any problems there. Again, uh, Matthew Phillips and, to a lesser extent, Lucas Johansson were a couple of surprises that made the opening day roster. And again, uh, when Carberry was asked about it, he said, quite simply, they both just plain old deserve to be here based on their play because he had a phenomenal camp and he's a um, he's a resilient hard-working detailed and has a pretty impressive skill set and for him I, I, I look at two guys that that are going to be on our opening day roster and sort of exemplify some of the things that we want to be we talk about our culture and six-year pro uh, in Matt Phillips, who's been grinding in the AHL for for a long time, and then another one in Lucas Johansson, who's been in this organization. This is his seventh year, um, and has had various bumps along the road, from injuries to 
you name it, he's probably been through it, but just kept pushing and grinding and trying to find a way every day to get better. And I had a front row seat to that for three years. And to see, it, it goes a little bit because we have a lot of veteran players that it's just a formality that they're, yeah. um, but making it an NHL team and being on an open day, day roster is, is a big, big deal. And for those two guys that have um, rode a long time on buses and grinded and still kept their eye on, on this moment, it's, it's pretty special. So it all gets started for real on Friday, and it's going to be interesting to see where this group heads. And I do think there are some really intriguing prospects, both sprinkled into the lineup here in D.C. and down in Hershey, too. I'm going to be really, really interested to see how um, some of the guys that were on the Calder Cup winning team last year adapt to perhaps a full year in the NHL. Obviously, it's a huge year for Connor McMichael. He's got to get it done this year now he's had a good camp and i think he will benefit from a coach like carberry who seems to be more in tune to both mcmichael you know his physical stature and his play uh it's gonna i'm really interested to see how beck malenstein plays as well again another guy who helped hershey win that that 12th cup and then keep your eye on the bears this year uh specifically uh, a trio down there, and we're going to see how they play. And I'm talking about Miyoroshenko, as well as Ethan Frank, uh, to see if he can do it a second year in a row, and Hendrix Lapierre. Uh, if those three pan out, you're going to see them here in Washington sooner than later. going to be interesting. We could be seeing the, the next generation of cap stars on the rise. Let's take a break. When we come back, the rooster, Chris Russell, joins us, talking commanders. It's getting late awful early in Washington. That's next here on the Hockey Podcast Network. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet $5 on any game this week and score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer on every game day this October. So I'm looking here at the DraftKings line. You want to put a bet on the Commanders game? All right, here's what you got. Commanders right now, as we speak, are two-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road in Atlanta. The over-under is 42.5. I am not going to give you any advice whatsoever. These, This is just for information purposes. You go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You make your own decisions on there. Get in on the game day greatness by downloading DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THPN. Again, THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and up. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms 
for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, boys and girls, you asked for it and you got it. The rooster is in the house. We are going to get some catharsis right now. Coming off the mini by Chris Russell, Chris Russell's show on the Team 980 joins us. How you doing, my friend? Hey, Bob. I, I don't know if anybody actually asked for this. I mean, if they did, I feel bad for them because that should tell, that should tell you how bad that loss on Thursday night was, that they'd want to hear from me instead of thinking about how the commanders are potentially going to get embarrassed by the explosive over the top greatest show on field turf atlanta falcons <laughs> i think some of my drink just slipped down the wrong pipe now after that too let me tell you let me tell you they're out they're out there they are upset they want somebody that can help them move past that i told them i said the rooster is the man for the job here on this one that's just <laughs> well, all there is to it i appreciate your faith in me i i hope i can deliver it is unshaken and it will stay unshaken so let's just get started man i mean you know so I'm watching the game and they're walking off the field and I am thinking I'm getting Chris on here. And the first question is just going to be unload on them. Both barrels, man. I mean, that was just embarrassing, right? Yeah, it was humiliating. It was disgusting. It was everything and every adjective you can use. I've been at uh, a number of, of really, really, really bad Sundays um, that I can think of and Mondays and primetime games, you know, the Monday night so-called massacre against the Eagles in 2010, mm -hmm. you know, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs snow game in December of 2013. Uh, the Giants rolled in without Odell Beckham, I think it was, uh, like four years ago at the end of uh, 2018 and rolled up a 40-burger. I, I mean, it's just, you know, there's been so many bad days at that not-so-venerable facility you kind of wonder, okay, like, are we past that? A and the answer come Thursday night or last Thursday night was, hell no, we're not yeah. past it. Not in any way, shape, or form because a team that literally had an aversion to winning had not won in 340, I think it was seven days, in a regular season game, not only came in on a short week and a two-hour-plus road trip, and won, but they dominated you. They kicked your ass from start to finish. Even the second half when the commanders woke up, uh, the commanders, as you know, Bob, made plenty of mistakes, number one. The Bears made a couple of plays, number two. And uh, uh, quite honestly, it could have been worse than a 20-point deficit. Yeah, 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 big time. I, you know, I, and I wonder is, is, you know, I've listened to Ron in the press conferences since the loss and obviously things sound worse when you are losing, but are we, have we gotten to the point you think where the NFL's just kind of passed him and, and Jack Del Rio by and, and I mean, are the players you're out there too mm -hmm. occasionally, I mean, you know, the vibe from the players, I mean, are, are they still buying what this, what this coaching staff is selling even off the record? You know, I had always bought into this, that Ron and Jack were like mediocre, mediocre plus coaches, maybe a little dinosaur-like, a little old-fashioned. But, hey, man, their players play really hard for them, and they never quit. 
and they always fight and they always claw and they always scratch. And there was some element of that in the second half on Thursday night, but let's be honest, where was any of that fight against Buffalo? It wasn't, there wasn't. Um, and, and then really was, was there, okay. There was a little bit of fight in the second half, but how do you show up an hour and a half late again? Uh, and this isn't the first time on both units on right. both units against a horrific team on national. I don't want to say TV, national prime video, national video, <laughs> yeah. whatever you national would call streaming, it. Streaming, yeah. Yeah, how do you show up an hour and a half? I, I know it's a short week. I know it was an emotional overtime loss against Philadelphia. So I, I guess the reason why I bring that all up is we always knew this coaching staff had its limitations. And I don't back down from that. I don't think I'm I'm saying anything that anybody else doesn't believe. But when you all of a sudden get guys that don't seem to be fighting as hard and don't seem to be ready and don't seem to be prepared and certainly are not executing in two out of the last three games, let's be honest, at home, in front of raucous crowds, sold out crowds, in front of new ownership where Magic Johnson has to blowtorch you on Twitter, that's mm -hmm. not a good sign for anybody, for anybody in that building of any sort of control, juice, power, what have you, at all, period. Yeah, because you can't fire, as we know, you can't fire the roster. I, I'm trying to wrap my head around uh, around the defensive performance like everybody else, I guess. I, I really don't have any problem with the offense so far, uh, and I'll get to that in a minute. But defensively, one of the things we've heard, we heard all through training camp, hey, man, fourth year of the system, boy, these, these guys don't like the back of their hand. It's second nature. It's all this without knowing the defensive calls when when we all look at the at the all 22 tape and we look at those big explosive plays and we see Derek Forrest or whoever you know the safety is on the other side of the field arriving to help about about a day and a half late on yep. some of those you got to wonder i mean why is that happening if this is the fourth year of this system yeah i mean they're going to probably start you know, publicly going to the excuse of, boy, you know, Chris Harris leaving really had a big impact on us. And, and, and I don't doubt that that had some sort of impact. But to your point, like your year four, Brett Wieselmeyer has been there all along. Richard Rodgers has been there uh, all along. And they added talent to that mix. They shouldn't have gotten way worse. And now a bunch of that talent and a bunch of that depth is, is banged up and going on IR, i.e. Derek Forrest mm -hmm. and Jeremy Reeves. And Jeremy Reeves obviously going to hurt a lot more on special teams. And Forrest going to hurt in the defensive backfield. But quite honestly, he's been terrible for four games. I mean, I'm sorry. I love Defoe. Uh, yeah. He was great last year. Really nice guy. Really good with the fans. Uh, he was dreadful the last four games. So, I, you know, maybe maybe this is what he needs. I don't know. Um, hopefully he comes back better. Either way, I, I, I don't know what exactly the answer to the explosives are other than you know, when you play a, a, a somewhat conservative defense and when you start getting corners that gamble, and I know the thing that drives them crazy about Forbes is not only the gambling, but also the vision and the footwork and all of that. And then you miss tackles. Um, and then the safeties are late and rotating over, as you pointed out, and you're absolutely correct. Um, 
And then the pass rush doesn't always get home, which no pass rush is always going to get home. But when you have four first-round picks across the board, you expect it to get home more than it has. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you, it's it's just a symphony of problems. And then not to mention the, the issues with Barton at linebacker. So, I mean, you have problems across the board. And, of course, that's easy to say when a team is allowing 32 points a game. Yeah, corners. Uh, I mean, Kendall Fuller was great up until Thursday night and then got beat for three touchdowns. What You know, like, like okay, that happens. Bad day at the office. But I don't the, – the problem for me, Bob, I don't know if this is just a bad night at the office. Like, like that's what they want to chalk it up to. The, these troubling concerns were there, very much there, before last Thursday night. How do you just say, well, it's a bad night at the office? I didn't get – I don't it, get that, 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 that explanation. No, me neither. It's been a bad month at the office. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, the points are what the points are allowed, and, and there's really nothing you can do about that. Um, offensive side of the ball, like I said, I, I really don't – you can't have a, a whole lot of con, a, a lot of complaints. Uh, I mean, some obviously not getting Jahan Dotson involved, things mm-hmm. like that. But you know, what do you think about Sam Howell? I've I've admitted I might be a little biased in favor of him because I I watched almost every one of his college games because my kid goes there. Uh, but I don't know. I think he's got something that if they give him some time, I, you know, can he be a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I think he can be a solid NFL starter though. Oh, he absolutely has something. There is no doubt. And I mean, anybody that doesn't see that just needs, I don't know, a different prescription or new glasses or something. <laughs> um, so you're, you're dead on there. Um, the question is, is what is exactly that something and how does it translate? Now, the something is athleticism, mobility, strong arm, uh, hard work uh, ethic, uh, maturity, all of that stuff. Right. So those are all really good traits for your starting quarterback to have. Of course, we know, can he get through his progressions quicker? Can he preserve himself? Can he take the pounding that he's been taking and still keep coming back for more? Can he get better at all of those? Do they have to go more RPO and more half-field reads and you know, uh, and, and easier and simple stuff and shorter drops? And can you live in a system where it's just three-step drops and, and maybe one-step pivot drops instead of the longer five and seven and maybe 10-step drops where he seems to get sacked the most on I, the answers to these questions is I don't know. And, and I, I know just in talking to Jay Gruden yesterday, um, you know, you can't major in three-step drops from under center. Um, you have to mix it up. And they seem to be really having a problem with these longer drops, whether it be out of gun, certainly, you know, under center, but even out of gun again, three, five step drops out of gun, which is eight, 10, 11 step drops behind the line of scrimmage. And they're getting lit up like Christmas trees. So whether that's the offensive line, whether that's Sam not going through his progressions, I don't know whether that's the enemy, whether that's receivers not getting separation. I think it's been a combination of all that being said, if we're looking for positives, which I, you know, we, we always are, I, you know, you, you, the light is on and it's just a matter of how bright it's going to be. Right. And right. I guess if you said the most disappointing thing is not getting Jahan the ball enough, number one, and even Terry, I mean, Terry had the one big target game in Philadelphia but going into the fourth quarter the other night, I think he had one target. Now, he did draw defensive pass interference, 
okay, but you know, like find a way, like everyone finds a way to get their premier talent, 10, 11, 12 targets in a game. And the commanders seem, whether it's Eric Bieniemy or Scott Turner or whatever the quarterback is, the, the commanders seem to have like a, an aversion to doing what everyone else does. And I can't explain it. That kind of leads me into my next one um, because we could go down the personnel rabbit hole all day long, but I'll, I'll try to resist doing that. Uh, end of the year, you know, what's your feeling right now um, about Ron and the whole regime? You know, obviously after that loss, it feels like a dead man. He's a dead man walking. We saw magic Johnson's tweet, which I was totally fine with. That's totally different than if, uh, you know, Dan Snyder or somebody like, or uh, Jerry Jones puts out uh, a tweet like that because magic's got the cachet, but is this, I mean, was, you think that was the nail in the coffin, despite everything you think, you think they're gone now it's, it's kind of a fait accompli. Well, I mean, listen, if the decision had to be made today, yes, of course, I think a full house cleaning would be made. That being said, as you know, as Ron said, and even though we all, you know, kind of criticize him, they do have 12 games left. So, you know, I I mean, could I rule out a, I don't know, a a seven and five end to the season? No, I can't rule that out. I just look at the schedule and realize you got to go to Seattle. And uh, mm. I mean, right now going to Foxborough doesn't look that bad, but you got to end the year with at the Jets and their pass rush and defense, San Francisco at home with their everything, and then Dallas at home, not going to be an easy end to the season in any way, shape, or form. And if you have to basically go seven and five, right, to finish nine and eight and give yourself a chance at the playoffs, which probably still wouldn't be good enough. Yeah, I think that's a very, 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 very tough task now that you blew the golden opportunity that you had in Chicago. So uh, that being said, I I mean, I don't see that. And I I can't imagine how Josh Harris and his group look around and go, nope, you know what? A fourth straight year of eight wins or seven wins is good enough. Let's keep rolling, baby. This is going uphill. I just don't see how they look at it that way. Unless they're really more patient than I think they are, and I think anybody thinks they are, I, I think the only saving grace would be it because they spent so much money to buy the team, if they don't want to eat, you know, um, I don't know, 15 to $20 million worth of head coach, general manager, and assistant coaching salaries, maybe $25 million in 2024, um, you know, from all the contracts that they would have to blow out. Because if you're blowing out Ron, you're blowing out Jack, you're blowing out, you know, Jack's defensive staff, you're blowing out, you know, Ron's offensive staff, maybe save the enemy. And even the enemy, I don't think would have full, full protection. No, because, you know, you bring in a new general manager. First thing that guy's going to want to do is hire his own head coach, which yeah. and, and that's, that's why this team has been between this rock and a hard place for so long, because, you know, I think they've got something there with EB and he, I think he deserves a shot at being a head coach. And yet you come here and, you know, how does that manifest itself? If you've got a new guy in charge, you're not going to get the, the best jam candidate out there. Right. If you tell him, Oh, Hey, by the way, we just yeah, signed your head coach to a yeah. new five-year contract. Now, now I could all, I could see a scenario where they blow out a bunch of Ron's people, Ron's original people and keep, be enemy dangling to let the new GM, the new head coach 
make that decision and where Bienemy would certainly get an opportunity to interview for the head coaching spot. I could see that scenario easily playing out, meaning I, like if there's a, you know, a Monday bloodshedding, like the day after the regular season, I, I could see everyone else getting fired and Bienemy being the only one retained on a tentative basis. Right. That makes sense. I, yeah. I, 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 and, and then the palace intrigue just draws out for, <laughs> for another, mm-hmm. another month or so. Um, uh, it's, it's just, it's amazing. Well, I'm, you know, looking ahead to, to this weekend, I mean, you're going to be, you're going to be in heaven here because, uh, you know, Ron just, just totally wants to run the ball. You know that the Falcons, I mean, that's what they do. Bijan Robinson. I mean, this is, this is a Russell special here this weekend, right? Yeah, he well, here's the thing, and and you know, I I know you always uh you know like to um you know tease me uh, uh and 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 point that out on X Twitter, which I always uh, get a good laugh at, uh, and, <laughs> and I appreciate you. because people don't understand the value of the running game beyond just the numbers, right? Right. Um, that being said, I, I would I would say this, right? I want the commanders to come out uber aggressive in this game. Like I was saying on the radio on Monday, man, come out with a, uh, you know, with, with a, um, uh, a half back, not a halfback toss, but like a, a flea flicker on, on, on first down to open up the game, come out on uber tempo uh, on the first series tempo by design and fast paced, no huddle to try and catch the Falcons napping a little bit before they settle into the game. And before they get the oil running in, and then you can get to your run game and then you, and you can still, by the way, run the ball out of tempo. We all know that. Um, then control the clock for 35 minutes. So yeah, you're right. I mean, that should be the formula. That should be the recipe because again, if you can get third and two, third and three, instead of third and eight, third and nine, you're obviously in a much better situation, number one. Number two, if you can hold on to the ball for 35 plus minutes, not only do you know you benefit your offense, but you also take away opportunities and possessions from the Falcons offense, right? And look, I, I, I would say they run the ball a lot, but I don't know, maybe it was just Houston, I I saw you know shovel passes to Bijan catching it on his hip and behind. I saw them going down the field to Kyle Pitts and Drake London. I mean, I saw a more open offense for the Atlanta Falcons. Granted, it might just be one game and one opponent, but that's a surging to some degree Houston Texans team. So I wouldn't look at and say this is going to be a you know Falcons team that's going to just try and run, 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 run. I, I they will. But I don't think they can only run, and I don't think they'll only run. I think they'll look at that commander secondary, as we talked about <laughs> earlier, and just be like, listen, what? with our weapons, why can't we throw against them? If mm-hmm. we just hold up for two and a half seconds, we can do whatever we want against them. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. They ought to be licking their chops looking at that tape. All right, Chris Russell, I appreciate it, my friend. Let everybody know uh, where they can find you. Of course, the Team 980 uh, every afternoon and on mm-hmm. the social platform, formerly known as X. It's WrestleMania, six, six uh, two, WrestleMania 621, right? Yes, correct. Uh, yeah, appreciate that. WrestleMania 621, uh, uh, Instagram, Chris Russell DC. Um, and of course, Monday through Friday, one to four on the Odyssey app. Um, if you're not in the Washington, DC area, uh, you can uh, listen to me. Doc Walker joins us uh, each and every Tuesday, uh, the Super Bowl champ. So uh, we have, uh, you know, Jay Gruden every Monday. And I'd like to think some pretty good analysis in between and a lot of energy and phone calls. So I appreciate you, Bob. 
anytime, my friend. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it, Chris. You, you got it. Thanks. And that's going to do it for us. Fix the clock on the wall. Say we got to get out of here. Open at night, Friday night at Cap One Arena, and then God knows what we will see in Atlanta on Sunday. But we'll talk about it all come Monday morning. See you, folks. Enjoy it. Remember, like the wise man once said, if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, we're white. <laughs>